0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker Podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt. Hooray. I was, I was, I was trying to elicit some sort of um, excitement in my voice. Different, isn't it? It is not its Or did I just sound like an old lady? And me, Matt. You sounded a bit weird. Hey, we'll try something new. Try something different next time. Just see how it goes. Yes. How are you, Chris? What well, are you we, doing? Oh, I'm okay. Not too bad. Not much since we last spoke. Uh, we've just been watching a bit of TV, a bit of movies. I saw some films that I missed in the cinema. I saw um, Pokemon, Pikachu Detective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I enjoyed it. I liked yeah. it. I even oh. liked Pikachu being furry. He was fine. is he supposed to be furry, then? What's he supposed to be? Well, I don't know. Everyone kind of lost their shit. Like, the internet loses their shit by everything, I guess. Hmm. Um, I like the fact that it's like people like the internet is now referred to as like, almost like an entity like, yeah. like a, an unstoppable force, like the internet didn't like it, but then when you think about it, yeah, had it been like a kind of like a like a fleshy creature it' been fucking horrible wouldn't it? yeah no, that doesn't work you, you got it's gotta be furry surely it's gotta be furry weren't they wasn't there also the internet was a bit upset about um, Jigglypuff being uh furry as well what about, else like, would Jigglypuff be really it looks furry even yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got like a quiff what's yeah. that like a? Like a horrible tumour, do they think, then? <laughs> I'm gonna although, catch- although, to be fair, the internet was right about Sonic. That was weird, didn't wrong. And oh, to yes. Check. And uh, it's quite interesting what they've done with Sonic. I mean, that's probably one of the first times i think that i can ever know of where a producer or filmmakers is have actually pulled the plug on the whole project to read yep. all of the uh c- computer generated well all and like, t- I, I i guess it helps it being cgi because you can just go right fine we're just going to replace the model but it's, it's still going to be a very costly process i would have thought all, all the rendering that's been done by yeah. it, the hours and hours of work that it takes because these films take years to make yeah. And, you know, they would have been pushed and pushed to, to release, you know, some sort of cut for it. And they're going, no, sorry, guys, can you just come back in and make him a bit more like a cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, see, there's a lot of work goes into these things. Isn't there? Yeah, so before you get on the internet and start whinging, yeah, keyboard just, just, warriors. Have a, just have a little think to yourself. Think on. If we were to
1: draw a graph of my process, of my method... Something like this. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. You shall not pass! Cut. Sir Ian, Sir, Ian, Sir Ian.
0: I spoke to Amon Warman again. He came back in the bunker. He was collared. He <laughs> was walking past the door, and he came flying out, rugby tackled to the ground, and made him talk about a shit film again. It was very, very nice of Amon to come on, but we, we talked about a film that I'd never seen before, which is a first. Shoot em Up! I saw something in the cinema in Malta. Oh, wow. I liked it. You liked it? it? I liked it. I thought it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I had a few problems with it, but it's difficult not to talk to Amon about Avengers Endgame, so I snuck a little bit of Endgame in there as well. Oh, you sneaky (laughs) bastard, you. (laughs) (laughs) So, here's the interview. Hello, it's Chris from the Movie Bunker podcast, and today I'm delighted to be joined again by... Amon Warman. Hi, Amon. Welcome to The Bunker again.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me back.
0: Yeah, so good you couldn't, you couldn't resist being drawn down to the murky depths of The Bunker to talk about these films, these crazy films that no one talks about anymore. Absolutely. Can't keep me away. Have <laughs> you watched anything good or anything bad uh, since we last spoke? Anything disappointed you or anything that really kind of you weren't expecting to be bad?
2: I wasn't expecting too much from it, but um, Horrible Histories Rotten Romans, uh the movie, I was not a fan. And I should clarify that that was like my first experience with uh, the Horrible Histories brand. I'm aware that it has like a long history on TV and it's done stuff in animated and on theater. So I was, you know, hoping that the film would clue me in on what I've been missing, and I did not get the hype. <laughs> so yeah. I, a bit of that. I actually reviewed that for Empire Magazine, it's online now. I really enjoyed Hobbs & Shaw, uh, which is just a completely, utterly ridiculous movie in every <laughs> sense of the word. I think I was laughing at it as much as I was laughing with it, but it was a very entertaining evening. Um, and yeah, that, that double act is just hilarious. Some, some of the one lines in that movie too are just incredible.
0: Do you think um, that's got legs, Amon? Um, do you think they're going to keep going with that, that double act seeing so it's done really well?
2: Yeah, I think they will. Uh, studios like money and that has made a whole bunch of it. So we can probably expect to see them again, you know, whether it's in their own spin-off a sequel movie or another movie sort of within the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, we'll, we'll see that double act again for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it's something I I, I I can't seem to get away to the cinema much these days, but that was one that I definitely wanted to see. Um, but I think now I think I've left it too late now. I'll have to wait for DVD, but it certainly looks really interesting. The trailer looks phenomenal. I mean, it looks bombastic.
2: The, 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 the trailers are fun, but the trailers do give everything away. Really? And, um, you know, they, and they did like you know four or five trailers for that. And between all of those, they gave almost everything away. Yeah. It's uh, so a, a shame, but it is still... You know, very, very entertaining. just uh, over Brixton. And it was, it's funny, uh, before the screening started that night, uh, we were looking at a poster, which featured Just over and Jason Statham. And I was like, out of these two guys, who has had the more ridiculous character names? <laughs> and we went through the list, and Jason Statham wins by a mile. Um, Lee Christmas for one is just incredible stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Stack of Pentecost is great. And Brixton Law is also great. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are crazy names. Yeah, I recently did a, a another podcast interview with someone from the Betamax uh, podcast where they look at old eighties films, and we did Expendables three, and Lee Christmas was one of the names that came up. But the cast mm-hmm. list and names for all those Expendables movies are so bonkers, and it just oh, yeah. completely <laughs> uh, rings true for this. Like you say, this franchise, it's they don't have normal names. There's no Brian. <laughs> Clive, you know, Dave. There's always a Dave. Everyone knows a Dave. But
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, they go bonkers with it for <laughs> sure. Um, I also uh, watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a few weeks ago, which is now out in UK Cinemas from today. Yeah. And I'm very mixed on it. I think, you know, I, I mean, if I had to rate it right now, I'd give it three stars out of five. Uh, but I've got a few issues with it. Uh, the pacing, especially in the first half, is very slow too slow for me hmm. and I've got issues with uh, the Bruce Lee uh, scene, which has been much talked about. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it didn't sit right with me watching it in the moment and the more I think about it, the more I just don't think that was the way to go with uh, how they incorporate that, that character. So that was disappointing. Uh, I think Margot Robbie is a sensational actress and I think she does a lot with a little as Sharon Tate, but it is a little. And that is a shame, uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the final twenty minutes, I think, are really, really great. So, so yeah, it's got a lot going for it, but I would not uh, put it in my uh, top tier Tarantino.
0: Are you a Tarantino fan in general?
2: In general, yeah. In general, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a Tarantino mega fan, um, but. You know, the the guy has made some incredible films over his career, which have been sort of very influential um, mm. as well. So, you know, you can't dismiss that that talent. I I, str- mean, str-
0: I struggle with him. I really do. I mean, I oh, yeah, okay. I don't know what it is, but I think I liked. I mean, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs came out when I was getting into cinema, and I was at college doing a, a like a media studies course and film studies and stuff like that. So that, of course. Really spoke to me in terms of what what movies could physically do and how different they could be. So, Mm. pulp fiction is still amazing and stands up, obviously, and probably will do forever. But there, thereafter, I struggled with it content-wise, and I don't know why. I don't don't know whether it's the violence, the language, the, the dialogue, and stuff. I just. I just haven't been able to gel with anything since I appreciate it for the cinematography and just his directional style and his the way he the way he writes and he gets the characters to talk and the dialogue and things like that but it's just i just don't get it I honestly don't get it and't I don't, I don't know why I don't I just think it's he's just a director that that just clashes with with me and i 'm not sure I, I, other than just think maybe it's bits and pieces about his personality that have put me off and hearing yeah, stuff about I him is. That. And I think that's an issue, but I mean, there's plenty of other directors and films to get your teeth into. But yeah, and I'm not a def- definitely not a- going to rush to see that movie, but I'll be interested that's to fair. see it.
2: There are directors I don't get along with, too, like Ben Wheatley, for instance.
0: Okay, yeah, He's
2: a nice guy, but I can't get along with his films. High Rise brought me to sleep. Yeah, and you know, even the film that I was looking forward to, based on the trailer, what was that film? Uh, with all the, the gunfights. Well, you're not shooting them up, but it was, um... <laughs> that was a shoot. um, I'm not kind of <laughs> what it's called. It had Bruce Larson in it, I think, and John. Hammond. Yeah, Hamm. yeah, yeah, brilliant film.
0: I, well, I thought it was
2: really good. I before. couldn't, it made gunshots boring. It made gunfights boring <laughs> for me. I was genuinely looking forward to it. So I was like, this is the film. This is the film that's going to get me on board the Ben Wheatley hype train that everybody else seems to be on.
0: Yeah. And
2: do it for me. So, yeah. Well, um, good thing about
0: that movie is, is Army Hammer's beard. And that, that's, uh <laughs>
2: His bit and his turtleneck. I respect his <laughs> <the story. laughs> that, that I enjoyed, but the film, not so much.
0: Well, it's a good segue into the movie that you've chosen to talk about today, actually, isn't it? We've already mentioned the title, but Shoot Him Up. Yeah, Shoot Him Up.
1: Oh, you have caused me no end of trouble. Tell me where the woman and child are. I will be forced to cause you considerable agony. Nothing could be more painful than listening to you jabbering on and on. Hey, honey, listen. I'm afraid that this business trip's going to take a little bit longer than I thought. Come
0: on, boys!
1: I need men, you understand? I need a lot more men. These guys were stalking this lady. She had a kid. I couldn't just stand there. Who are you, Mr. Hero? National Sports Pistol Champion at age 10, recruited by the Army. Sounds like Black Ops got him, trained him. I want four mags, a box of nine millimeter 147 hollow points, and give me 50 FMJs. You want to buy bullets with food stamps? It's as good as cash. <laughs> Something funny. Why are you trying to kill this woman? Do you really think the people that employ me we're just gonna stand by? There's no way you can cover up this whole thing. Can't talk right now, honey. I'm right in the middle of something.
2: We're still kicking
1: Oh my God, do we really suck? Or is this guy really that good? Who are you? I'm a British nanny, and I'm dangerous.
2: Yeah, so I had watched this sort of, you know, back around the time it came out, and you know, back then I wasn't sort of really hugely into films in the way that i am now and i was just in the mood to sort of re-watch it i guess about a month and a half ago and i was like this is just a blast i had a mm. really good time watching it i'd previously picked a jet from the one uh to talk about but i was like have you seen Shoot 'Em up we should do shoot em up <laughs> and you obliged me so thank you yeah, that's all right i hadn't seen this as i said i mean this is the. F- so what do you think <laughs> I, I told you i told you to wait to tell me to be on the pod to tell me what you think you've seen it now Chris, what are your thoughts on Them Up?
0: Well, it, it, I'm, I'm mixed on it, to be fair. I mean, with the, okay. first, the first 30 minutes, I thought, oh, I, I kind of got involved and got quite excited. I mean, the first 10, 15 minutes are very good. And, yeah. then, and, then, and then I think after, yeah, 30, 40 minutes, I was a little bit confused and I got a little bit bored, I must admit. But it, it starts off in such an earnest way um, with it ticking a lot of boxes and also a lot of, Kind of tropes as well that you're quite familiar with. This kind of genre and around, I guess, 2007, which is when this was released, there are a lot of movies or had been movies previously that had focused in on gunfights, especially, and that kind of stylistic action genre thing was kind of bubbling away and kicking off. And I think this was riding on that, on on like the coattails of that. But for me, star stuff, okay, and then just dwindled off slightly but you you loved it all the way through do you think it carries itself for eighty eighty six 86 I
2: think, minutes <laughs> i think just about i think it just about does like for me the low point comes with the sex scene shootout which is a fun idea but it's not quite executed very well yes um but everything else just really works it's just a i think it has a, a perfect balance of sincerity and self-awareness which i really really enjoyed it's got lines like do we really suck or is this guy really that good yeah uh, which is hilarious but at the same time you know it's got uh like it's genuinely heartbreaking when uh stuff like you know Giamatti's Marty's character breaks Clive Owen's character's fingers because the guy is so good at you know what mm-hmm. he does mm-hmm. and it has, has scenes like that and then on the other flip side if you go back to that it's got i mean and i i love Clive Owen's character in that's because He's a guy who gets so pissed off by his pet peeves that he has to act on them, and that's not your kind of guy. No. You know? <laughs> uh, so you know, and 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 that is sort of you know self-aware because he's, he's got lines. He's got lines like "What's up, dog I mean, he, he's got a thing for carrots, we should mention, and there's a lot of, sort of one-liners and puns to that effect. So yeah, that's just a nice balance between uh, between those two uh, aspects of the film yeah yeah um which i really really enjoyed so the the
0: basic plot of this movie i'll read out the plot synopsis which is on imdb which is really simple a man named mr smith delivers a woman's baby during a shootout and is then called upon to protect the newborn from an army of gunman men sorry so that that's it in a in in one sentence and that's pretty much all you need to know that's it. Released in two thousand and seven, directed by Michael Davis. So I think had previously done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze, which is a fantastic movie, Classic. and <laughs> Tremors, which is even better. But yeah, this is he hasn't done or not credited with many directorial uh, films or directing many films, if you like. For him, I mean, in terms of style, style and stuff, it's it's not too bad. It ticks a lot of boxes with like the action beats, right?
2: Yeah, no, the action is just flat out ridiculous. I mean, the, the closest we get to these types of movies these days are Hobbs and Shaw and the Fast and Furious type movies because yeah. they just go completely bonkers. As I say, was re- I was re-watching a month and a half ago and I was watching along. and <laughs> there's a scene sort of three quarters away through the film. Clive Owen is driving a car. The car gets just destroyed by a truck. It turns over twice, like (laughs) it goes (laughs) over the back and then back to sort of being right side. And Clive Owen just keeps on driving, and I laughed my ass off because in any other film, you know that would be then the car chase right there. But no, it just gets turned over. He keeps on driving. Everything's fine.
0: But two thousand and seven wasn't very good. Wasn't a very good year for action movies on the whole. And I was having a quick look because. It didn't have a great, a lot of competition, to be fair. The Bo- the on Ultimatum was obviously in full swing, that series. Live, uh, Die Hard, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, well, that would have been Die
2: Hard 4, I would have thought. Yeah, Transformers, okay. Shooter, Spider-Man, Pirates See, of the character. I'm, I'm going to rewind there because Transformers, I think that was the first Transformers as well back in the yeah, 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 day. We yeah, hadn't yeah. really seen effects like that on the big screen before. I've mm. really dug that film. I still, yeah. to this day, I know many people in my industry don't share this opinion, but the first Transformers film is great. And when you, uh, when Optimus Prime, especially if you're a fan of the original sort of, you know, cartoon and the mm. characters, when Optimus Prime transforms for the first time, that is an awe-inspiring moment, which they play perfectly uh, in no small part aided by Steve Jablonsky's incredible score in that scene. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you there. I was so excited for Transformers, it was one of those ones that I was uh, continually checking the updates and leaks and stuff of characters' development and who they were going to put in there because I'm a massive Transformers uh, kid and I had toys and I love the cartoon and the movie and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was exciting and it is it had its moments since, but. I was just looking at actually Hot Fuzz came out, which is kind of has a similar, uh, I guess, uh, a similar beats to the um, show. Uh, totally, yeah, with the kind of over-the-top, obviously it's a piss-take a Hot Fuzz in a way, or a parody of that genre, but does it with, with love and affection. But the two have, have are quite parallels, don't they, really?
2: No, I didn't mention it, for sure. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about the cast in a little bit, a little bit more. When We talked about um, Mr. Smith, uh, or Clive, Clive Owen's character. Um, yeah. He holds the film up, in my opinion, substantially. He's so dry, and he delivers the one-liners, as you say, with quite with con- con- conviction. And the carrot thing is a nice, <laughs> nice <laughs> thing. I've never seen that before, but what's the carrot thing about? What does it symbolise?
2: <laughs> hey. I mean, I guess they, they they tie into eyesight really well. Honestly, if this film wasn't so violent, it would be the perfect, uh, sort of film to encourage your kids to eat vegetables. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the guy doesn't miss. You know, John he, Wick could choose from this guy. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, he's definitely uh, one so, of the. Record. It, they really play upon the fact that he's a sharpshooter, no ma- uh a man with no name, or essentially he's got a background that we kind of not. Well, you kind of get fleshed out a bit later on, but he's always got a carrot in his pocket. If he, we go back to his his apartment a bit later on, which is super cool. It's almost like Blade. Uh, and, and Whistler's place, I uh, reminded me of all the neon and all the bits and pieces there, and the gadgets and whatnot. And mm. he's got um, a vegetable patch in his, in his in his apartment, just growing carrots, which he can then help himself <laughs> yep. to. Yeah, but he's always got one in his pocket. He uses it as a weapon, which is really cool. I mean, at <laughs> yes, one
2: point, <laughs>
0: within the first uh, like five minutes, he, he rams one in in someone's throat, uh, and then it says. Eat your greens. No, not eat your greens because no. that would be stupid. Eat, eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What defeats the object. He uses it uh, in the eye, I think, at one point as well. So. Yeah. He's definitely got, cool. and they're yeah. very good carrots. They're not like substandard carrots. These are what I'm
2: saying? Guy knows how to grow these things. It's impressive. <laughs> they're nah. the perfect
0: shape and size for using <laughs> stabbing instruments. Um, so I think Clive does a good job.
1: These guys were stalking this pregnant lady. I couldn't just stand there. You see that? I fucking hate that. What? This guy changing lanes without signalling. How hard is it to use your signal? So you started shooting at them? No. I don't carry a piece. I went to the woman. She had a gun. They started firing. I shot back. He's done it again. I moved my finger one inch to use my turn signal. Why are these assholes so lazy they can't move their finger one fucking measly inch to drive more safely? You want to know why? Not particularly. Because these rich bastards have to be callous and inconsiderate in the first place to make all that money. So when they get on the road, they can't help themselves. They've got to be callous and inconsiderate drivers, too. It's in their nature. Why don't you take the baby to the police? I can't go to the police. Why not? I'm the Unibomber. They caught the Unibomber. That's what they think. stupid... Right. That's it. You are the angriest man in the world. If I remember right, you used to like it like that.
0: Paul Giamatti, what do you you think of him in terms of this role and the villainy that he brings to
2: it? I think he's absolutely superb. And the thing about Paul Giamatti is that it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, more of a serious film than something like this. Or a schlocky film, like mm. Mm, shoot him up, but he fully commits regardless, mm. and you know that's why his role is so entertaining to watch. That relationship between Tune Hertz and Mr. Smith is really entertaining and fun, and he has this like you know, recurring thing that he does, where he, where he calls his wife as he's working inverted commas, uh, which never gets old. I think he's really, 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 really entertaining.
0: Yeah, he definitely runs with the tropes as well. This he, it, and I, as you say, he, he, he's quite menacing. He's just the kind of everything's okay. Don't worry, you, you messed up, but you know, don't worry, we'll get him next time. But then he'll shoot him in the ass, and uh, <laughs> that that trope is so common with the bad guys, and and there's kind of um, the henchmen that say, look, oh, he got away, and oh, we were outnumbered, and they go, and they go, yeah, yeah, it's fine, don't worry. They give him a hug, and end up stabbing him in the back or shooting him <laughs> in the face. And that yeah. happens in so many movies. He's scary in this as well. He's he's quite intimidating.
2: And yeah, now, as I say, that 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 scene where he uh, breaks Mister Smith's fingers is not cool, man. But he he, <laughs> plays, he plays it very well. Um, what about Monica Bellucci? Because um, who plays Donna
0: Donna Quintano? Who's the she's a sex worker, but mm. a distant <laughs> distant past with with Clive Owen's character. She's um. I've got to think about Monica in terms of her acting, and and this really shows her up, I think. I don't know. Well, I mean, she was pretty poor in terms of her dialogue delivery. I don't know whether it was her fault, but I, I think she was quite weak in this.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely think she's the weak link in this, not just because I don't think the performance is all that great, but the character itself. That's where you know when 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 you're sort of running with the cliches and everything else with the action sequences, it can be fun. When you're doing that with character work, especially female character like this, you know she's a prostitute, she's a sex worker, she's a mother, she's the weak link for me. And the
0: same, I think she would have it would have been I'm obviously a much better situation if she'd been served better with the plot and the script. I mean, clearly she's there. I guess, is eye candy for the men, uh, for one thing. And I think that's, you know, there's a little bit of a misogyny issue with this movie. If we would look at the really bad points, if you look back at it, you know, even from 2007 to to now, that this kind of representation, in all seriousness, probably wouldn't, wouldn't be acceptable now
2: we've moved on a bit yeah. as well we? oh yeah no if this you can't make films like this now <laughs> the way the way this film exists it, it'll be heavily edited <laughs> because yeah they will be yeah the internet would be losing its mind. Um, yeah yeah well uh, the thing
0: is that in terms of what's bad about it i guess there isn't that those three things i guess was it, it, how it for me how it ran out of steam a little bit in sort of after 45 to to, to, to an hour the dialogue for maybe some of the the supporting actors isn't quite right or great and and the misogyny uh, those the three things that i think are quite poor but there's enough there's enough good stuff to kind of hold it hold your attention so like you said the action the wildliners and it is a turn your brain off film and i had a couple of gin and tonics last night while i was watching it and i think it (laughs) it did it did improve (laughs) it did improve but because i didn't really care as much about kind of you know, all the little uh, more uh, political bits and pieces that were placed in there. Cause there's a lot of other characters that come in or they draw in at the, on the second half that uh, yeah change the, the narrative slightly. And you get, it, it does get a little bit confusing, I think.
2: Yeah. And no, I apparently wishes they'd gone as silly with the plot as it does with the action. Cause they mm. sort of play the plot quite straight. But, and, and I, and I get that, um, you know you say that it, uh, it runs out the steaming places and that's it's, um, it's got a couple of, sort of low points in the film uh but for me at least they there's enough that, that there's a cool action sequence right around the corner yeah to offset that and keep it you know and, and get it back to the right side of being entertaining again as we have sort of mentioned it's, uh, it's only it's only an 80 minute film so
0: it's... you're in and out quite quickly without having to worry too much about it you're not in there for two and a half hours which would be crazy but <laughs> well, before before we kind of cap off and just think you know whether we're going to let this out uh, for general consumption or whether it's going to remain in the bunker forevermore um <laughs> let's talk about the the soundtracks i know you're you're kind of like this you're a soundtrack guru uh, or a score guru aren't you really this is this is your your passion as well. But I think for me, the soundtrack really holds up the movie too, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. No, with, with, with an action heavy film like this, you do need good needle drops to help propel you through that sequence. And they mostly get that right, which is, which is good. You know, again, if, if that aspect didn't work, then that's a crucial component to the action sequences that you've lost. To get the
0: rights to some of these, the songs as well. I think they would have spent a lot of money on them because you get, um, you get Breed by you get Nirvana within the first like in the first action scene. That's when I got a little bit excited. So you get Breed by Nirvana pop up and with it with such a iconic riff. And then you get Ace of Spades, which is which can add iconic yeah flavor to any action scene. I mean, it works with anything. ACDC Mother, cracking song and then. So for me, the the, the, soundtrack's, the soundtrack is really good and really cool. And I think uh, they'd obviously spent some time and a bit of money on that aspect of it to just, just to try and gel it and bring it together, which I thought was a good move.
2: Yeah, no, it's smart. And, you know, should, I should have mentioned this earlier, but, you know, the as you, as you mentioned, it starts with Nirvana and that really, for the fun, action sequence and that title card. And honestly, within the first 10 minutes, you'll know if the film is for you. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it starts as it means to go on, and it's a very, you know, powerful, memorable opening statement.
0: The baby doesn't do very well, little Oliver. Um, in terms of, I mean, it's it's a plot device. I get it, but um. Yeah. You, you, you've got to suspend disbelief that that baby would have been dead within half an hour I mean it's not fed it's not fed, it's not kept warm it's 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 eardrums would have been uh, you know shot to pieces I mean the poor thing I mean I know what it's like looking after keeping something alive <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's hard even in, in a house but this thing is thrown around left, right, you know carried around in carrier bags and
2: yeah I it, I uh, underestimate the durability <laughs> of a baby <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are strong maybe we do model coddle them too much I mean come on That's what I said to my wife he's all right he doesn't need a blanket he's fine leave him out in the rain he's fine I should have been a bit more hard during no wonder they they, they spoil rotten my kids you know because they didn't have this kind of upbringing
2: <laughs> I hope they listen to this at some point
0: because <laughs> <laughs> you're a guest you get a hard pass So I mean because you came to us with this movie <laughs> and, and and the bunker overlords—they like having guests because they—they're sick of the. Yay. Yeah, Matt's voice. This will remain in in the for general consumption. I think we can recommend it for anybody of a fan of of guns, tongue-in-cheek humor, and just just general uh, turn brain off kind of enjoyment. Right. Yeah. If anything, yes. like you said. So, I agree with that statement. Uh, okay, Amon, look, thank you so much for talking to me about this film. And I'm, I'm glad I watched it, finally. Thank you again for coming on and talking to me about
2: it. Of course, thank you for having me.
0: And where can we find you uh, online? What, what, what have we done recently that we can catch up on?
2: Uh, so, yeah, I'm on Twitter, at A Woman. Uh, you can find all my musings there. I do stuff for Empire Magazine uh, fairly regularly now, which is fun. I'm on the Spider-Man Far From Home Spoiler Podcast. That's the latest podcast I'm on, and I'll be on a couple of other things. I'm also in the latest issue of the, the magazine. I did a, a piece for, on Get Out uh, in celebration mm-hmm. of the Empire's so the 30th anniversary, 30 covers uh, thing, which they are doing. Do get involved in that. It's very, very fun. Mm-hmm. And I also did, gave you the 411 on Marvel's The Eternals, which was confirmed at uh, San Diego Comic-Con fairly recently. So, yeah, do seek that out. It's a good issue.
0: The other thing as well, before you go, is that um, you were spot on about Endgame. You called a couple of things on the Marvel Rap Podcast where you basically, you and and a couple of friends basically rewatched the entire Marvel. That catalog in chronological order and you yeah. called a couple of things before end game was released and i thought yeah that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and as i yeah. watched it in the cinema and it physically happened i went damn he's good <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no i i did sort of uh, after i saw the film i did repeat to a couple of friends more than once that i called it when it came yeah. to captain america lifting a certain Uru (laughs) weapon, which was one of the greatest uh, cinematic moments. I think so,
0: yeah. yeah,
2: Honestly, you know, in in an era where, you know, there's a conversation which never seems to let up in terms of what, what, you know, why are audiences coming to the cinema instead of staying, staying at home and Netflix and Amazon and what have you. Mm. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, the really big ones anyway, who consistently give you reasons to be a part of that communal experience because, you know, Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, Avengers Endgame, Mm. those three, watching those three films for the first time was some of the most incredible, you know, cinema uh, experiences of my entire life. Um, So... Yeah, Long main, like, continue. Yeah. yeah. This,
0: fingers crossed, touch wood. No, no, no balls are dropped. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, they, they have the confidence of pretty much everybody right now. It will, be, it will take something drastic. I wouldn't even say, I think they, it would need to be like back-to-back misfires for, <laughs> at least for me, to mm. be like, hmm, what's going on here? And I don't see that happening anytime soon.
0: Again, I'll let you go because I know you're a busy guy. I've got to go and check on the children, make sure they're not killing each other. Mm -hmm. So thank you again, Amon, for for joining me today.
2: No worries, of course. Have a good one. I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. (laughs) Uh.
0: Thanks, Amon, again for that. It was perfect. I do like Amon's take on things. I do like the way it's different. to the way I view things. He makes me think about it differently. Yeah, I mean, I think we're very, very lucky with the guests we've had. They make us look like two idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they do yeah. have very different, um, not viewpoints, but just they just bring a whole different professional take on the whole movie process and why people like things and what's good about them, why we should and shouldn't like stuff. And it, ultimately, film critics and journalists just do like movies, um, and the majority of them aren't you know piffy about stuff they are genuinely excited about stuff and see good stuff for what it is or just these kind of throwaway movies and take them for what they are sit back and enjoy them like a regular person would do it but you know they might look at maybe the cinematography or the use of the score a little bit differently or a bit more in depth than maybe the average joe potentially i don't know yeah but yeah, i I guess when it was so much stuff they have to churn through the, the 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 keen, the keen eye picks out the things that they actually kind of enjoy or are unique that they like to see. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, good stuff. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. So now it's pitch time, right? It's the pitch. Play the uh, play the intro music, Chris. Here it is. What do you think of that then? I think um, I laughed out loud the first time I heard it because, weirdly, I guess um, with people bringing down that curtain again. Yeah. uh, So you did the first edit, um, putting in the music for the pitch. Yeah. And um, I hadn't heard it before, and and I I did. Yeah, I did laugh. I did a snortle in the car when it was uh, playing. So yeah, I like it. It's subtle, isn't it? (laughs) It's yeah, it's a grower, not a shower. anyone wasn't aware what the pitch is and why should you be? Um, It's our new feature, which is now, this is the third one. So this Mm -hmm. is the tricky, tricky stage to get in, because everyone's got one book in them, but have they got two films, Chris? Mm. Um, So in this week's pitch, Chris is pitching to me a film idea, which I will try to poo-poo and see if we'll get it made or not. Yeah, that's fundamentally it, right? There's nothing, there's no magic to it. It's just Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's it. And we've had... Uh, an alien invasion sort of cyberspace uh type one and then we've had your very disturbing zombie mental illness uh one that you yeah I, I i don't know what I was <laughs> i was gonna back and i was obviously in a dark place <laughs> um <laughs> this my next week's one is is is, is a lot lighter a lot, of, a lot of brevity in there this this will hopefully be a bit lighter for everybody so my idea here we go here's my pitch for Movie number three. Okay, um, now the, the working title is Striker, but it could also be something like I don't know, Golden Balls, and it's a so you can tell by the title it's got something to do with sport and maybe ice hockey. Oh, right, okay. Like soccer, <laughs> soccer, stroke, football for the the British out there. So, see what you think of this. It's, this is uh, the premise, and this is a very very short and sweet pitch, and we can flesh out a little bit of the details. Okay, so this revolves around a boy stroke girl who is underprivileged stroke living in a slum or a council of state that's to be decided. And it could be a film that could be made in the UK in it's in the States. It could be uh, African uh, or Mexico or anywhere. Any continent really could really do this film well, but they discover at a very young age, this child that when they kick a ball, they never miss their desired target. Oh, so essentially it starts off in the playground or in a, or in a slum, a dusty wasteland where they're challenged to score or hit a post or something or hit an obstacle or a, an object rather. And they hit it and kick it and hit it every time. And to the point where it becomes an attraction. So hordes of people and villagers or, or people on the estate will come and see, look at so-and-so, look, watch this. And he does it or she does it, kicks every time. And will hit the target, whatever that target may be, just by kicking the ball. And then they get spotted by a talent scout, and then we go from this—we go to this kind of rags-to-riches type story, where the underprivileged boy or girl is then brought out of that situation and into the limelight, and then goes on to play for some some weird MacGuffin type way in like a big stadium, um, and that takes penalties for like uh, like a World Cup situation or something similar uh, or plays for the premiership is the youngest person to ever play for like I don't know uh, Liverpool or something like that it could be anything and it's you know we could go there's loads of options for it but then and ultimately there would be a kind of situation where the boy or girl then has to make a decision in terms of whether they're going to pursue this life or they're going to go back to what they know and help the people that are underprivileged or whatever so put their talents or their wealth or whatever to good use so there's that kind of any kind of vibe to it where there's you know a multi millionaires dealing with with this person and they're having a a, a more of a social uh, commentary on on you know the wealth of the money and this sort of sport uh, and actually the people that enjoy it the most don't have any access to it sort of thing um it could be loads of cameos from the football world from the pundit world there could be uh, loads of comedy actors and actresses in it yeah i think it's got great potential But yeah that's my that's my pitch essentially what do you think well football films are um notoriously hard to sell weirdly because when you think of the size of the sport there hasn't really been any good ones until now. Obviously, yes. Uh, the story you're describing is somewhat similar to the, um, I think it was a trilogy of films called Goal. I don't know right. if you've heard of these, but they, they they lacked the sort of mystical element of the never miss that you propose. Mm. So, so riches and then riches corruption. Um, it's a is a well trodden path and something that we all like to see I think um if I may make a suggestion I would say potentially you'd have more scope for drama if it was a girl tackling a man's world you know try to break down those barriers despite the obvious skill it might be a different story yeah that's what I thought point. I think that works better as a with a with a girl, young girl footballer. Yeah, I think so. And also, I had another idea that they actually that I like them to play alongside men. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but also that the, the 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 power that the unmissable power suddenly just disappears one morning on the oh, on the morning yeah. on the morning of the big the big uh, crescendo to the film. Actually, she misses. Uh, the most important shot, which is a you know a penalty shootout or whatever um or a you know a, a TV event, and the world is left a gasp, you know, and she's like, Oh, okay, fine, <laughs> <And sort> of- <laughs> <laughs> got that sort of inspirational kind of undertone but there isn't any reason i mean it could be both serious and played for laughs um but, it could yeah, be because, either or a combination of but uh, yeah i just envisaged like, the, the parents being you know uh, not like matilda's parents not that horrible and ghastly but just just uh or you know billy Elliot, where that you know they're just yeah class or underprivileged and it's and it, everything. again that folds better in with it being a female i think because you know yeah. you have an old northern dad going oh no daughter man's going to be playing football. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: There's that film, isn't there, recently with... I don't um, know why Gandalf would be her dad. <laughs> you
2: shall not play soccer.
0: <laughs> from I, do. I said, um, I do love a sports film. I'm a big fan of sports films, even shit ones. I do like a, a good sort of inspirational story. I think it's from seeing Rocky as a, a young boy. Um, unless I see something... Dramatic around sport I mean I even like The Tin Cup For fuck's sakes I don't like um, any I don't really I don't like any sports films Really I mean And yet de- you pitched one How random yeah. <laughs> Well because my kids Are really into football All of a sudden And it's different It's different I'm in the football I'm a football dad now Or I mean You know I, I've got no choice I've never been interested In football And now I have to Because yeah. I've got two young boys for, for whatever reason Now are obsessed With the sport um, And I'm finding myself In a football world Which I detest Cause I don't like, (laughs) I don't like the money. I don't like, I just don't like a lot of the the theater around football. I think it's just wrong. And I don't think it's a good sport for kids, but I'm gradually turning a little bit around on that based on what I have seen. Um, I'm more of a rugger man, you know, but um, yeah, you can tell. I think it's a good story. I think I would watch it. It might need a couple of different treatments and a few test audiences before we get to the final distilled products. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you run with that one, Chris. Thank you so much, Matthew. It's been, <laughs> it's been lovely pitching to you today. Welcome. Now drop them. <laughs> <laughs> we probably should stop doing this because this is highly inappropriate <laughs> that's the second time you've done that now <laughs> Right? i don't know if i want it to be my catchphrase because <laughs> as as catchphrases go it's probably quite toxic <laughs> it is probably one of the most toxic catchphrases you can do but yeah we'll keep it in <laughs> now drop them <laughs> it's not really one of you take it on the road no. that's for sure so uh, next next time it's your turn again and i'm i'm i kind of i can't wait to listen and, and obviously support your idea which i always do you know that i'm a big do, you're always it. fully behind me and shitting on it from a great <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah if you like we're here um tune in next week i think we'll probably do it a f- well, whenever the next episode is out, we'll do a film review, and then we'll do another pitch on the follow-up episode with a, another special guest, which I'm looking forward to. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for uh, you know the the little ding dong that goes off on your mobile phone app that tells you that this mother of uh, a podcast has dropped. And uh, behemoth, you download, <laughs> yeah. You download it and you listen to it, and you you go for you laugh, you giggle, you go <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, you cry you Sometimes cry, mate, cry. Um, and then you drop them or, <laughs> or then you go online and you go oh, do you know what I haven't rated this podcast and I haven't written a review so I'm going to do that now what kind oh, of monster would listen to a podcast and not rate it Chris what kind of monster uh, I can say a lot of our listeners I, I I think they should now go online unless you're on the tube which you can't or you're driving but go on your app select Movie Bunger Podcast download all the episodes that you've not listened to yet and then hit subscribe as well do that as well and then give it a four or five star rating wherever it is and then write a review great podcast two fantastic hosts a uh, bit bit needy but um can be <laughs> <laughs> I read a rumor on the internet as well that if you do those precise steps that you have detailed there Chris um it actually makes your phone waterproof as well does it so that's okay. just a, a, a it's just cause it's something to do with the the key presses and stuff it's just yeah it just secures your phone Against any water-based intrusion. Well done. Well, go go to it, listeners. Go to it now. Go to it. Until next time, it's Alfie Desain. Bye. Bye.